Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Bedrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting and pumped on in. The Giants have won the pennant. All right, we're back on Thompson to Clark after... Pretty frustrating week of Giants baseball, I guess, would, would be the right way to say it. Yeah, frustrating, angry, <laughs> crappy. I don't know. It's just, man, you walk away from this week and you're like, what were we, two and five? Yeah. Could have, it could have been five and two. Could have yeah. been six and one. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, I don't know. Well, well I think, you know, if, if anybody, I'll, I'll, I'll share the slate again here. We're going to go over the good, the bad, and the ugly from this week. And I think it's a, a pretty good week to do so because it's easy to bag on this team this week in particular. And I, you know, I've had this thing about them not beating the teams that they should beat. And so you can imagine how frustrated I was <laughs> losing two of three at home to the Reds. Yeah. Poor Bry. He went to two of the games and it was the two games that they lost. <laughs> yeah. He's net. We are not allowed Bry to go to any more games. <laughs> Unless it's a go to the Dodger games in yeah. Dodger Stadium, yeah. uh, because you have a home team curse now, so <laughs> you need to go there. But, <laughs> but what basically what you just said a couple of seconds ago about what their record could have been this week. Now, I don't know the 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 I forget the the starter for for the Reds on, on Friday, he was kind of dealing and and they didn't really have that many good shots at him. So they probably lose that game. They definitely lose yeah. Sunday. Mm-hmm. But those Braves games, you know, we, we were kind of joking because every time we record when they play, they win. And so they, they won that t- that Tuesday game when we last recorded our episode. And then Wednesday, they're leading going into the ninth inning. And here we are thinking like, oh, man, they're about to go on a run. You know, the, the, you can if you can beat Atlanta in Atlanta, it's just going to kickstart all of these nice things. And they didn't hold the lead. And that kind of killed the rest of the week for them. But we're going to get into all of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, the good, the bad and the ugly. We have other stuff that we're going to talk about as well. Uh, the uh, we'll do the player of the week. We'll do a little bit of a minors update. Brad and I are following two players uh, in the Giants minor league system each and updating them, you know, every few weeks, every every month or so. So we'll get to that at the end. Was there any real news this week? Usually 
usually on Monday, they kind of the team throws out an update and it's like, oh, here's here's the situation with the injuries. And I guess the the real news is, is probably B Craw, uh, Brandon Crawford getting hurt, which really and he's he just not even having a great defensive season for him, but it really like. Their 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 infield defense is just all out of whack. Yeah. Like they're like w- with having to move Tyro to play short and having Donnie Walton of all people having to be the backup shortstop. Like it is it is not a good look for this defense, and it really shows you the value of Brandon Crawford, who we've you know he's been the starting shortstop since 2011. And so, man, just a, a few games with this guy not being there, and everything goes to hell. Yeah, and uh, this is what this is what you do to yourself, though, when you when you create a team that's going to score runs, hit home runs. Uh, but who cares if you have somebody who's a a set position player, uh, other than Brandon Crawford and Brandon Belt, Evan Longoria? Uh, I mean, other than that, it's kind of like we'll kind of put people where they go on the infield, and if somebody gets hurt, we've got. 87 guys that can play second base. We have 27 guys who can play third base. It's like, well, yeah, but not great. Not, not great infielders, but we'll just stick them there. And, and then <laughs> if they give up two runs, then, then we'll score uh, seven runs in the next couple of innings. Well, they're not doing that. So if you mm-hmm. don't do that, your formula kind of goes out the window. It's, it's bad math. Um, I hate math to begin with, but uh, <laughs> and just, you know, bad math all around when you look at it that way. Yeah, so, you know, when it comes to you – know, there's another thing. So so I don't know where you stand on this, but uh, Andrew Baggerly, he wrote a piece basically saying that, you know, the team is generally a good team, right? They're still, they're yeah. still several games above 500. They're still in the mix for the wild card. They're not a bad team. But the attendance – is lower than it was in 2019 when they were not a very good team. And his, like, this is a hypothesis. He's not saying that this is exactly what's happening, but he's kind of wondering that they were sort of conservative on the free agent market this year and what they may have been backing and what they may have had sort of maybe even taken for granted is that, you know, this is a good fan base. Like, they understand they're smart. They understand winning baseball. Um, no Buster Posey from a star power perspective that takes a hit. Brandon Crawford and Brandon Belt are still very popular players. Brandon Belt a little bit more polarizing to the fan base, but not at that Buster level. So there's also this sort of lack of star player out there who who, who's not there. And we we've talked about this before, or I'm not sure if I talked about it here or uh, because I was also on. uh, giant cocktails podcast with right. uh, w- with Matthew as Ben his brother Ben was uh, out of town and we were kind of talking about like you know who who do you go out and see well we thought it was going to be Joey Bart turned out to not be Joey Bart and so yeah like like you know if you're a casual Giants fan who are you going to the park to watch these days for me if I say I answer that question for myself I'm definitely going on a web or or Radon start, like no matter what, because those guys are dealing. But offensively, I don't know. Is it Darren Ruff? Is it uh, Baby Yaz? 
He's not been the Yasmanian devil, so I've pulled that nickname away for him until he gets hot again. <laughs> he's back to baby Yaz, and we'll go through some numbers yes. there. But like, who who would you go? You know, if you if you were just like, you know, who who's there to see? Well, you, you know, as you and I are the hardcore Giants fans, so that that's a harder question for baseball us. is the sell for yeah. us. That that's it. I, yeah. I, you know, the Giants putting up numbers, putting up offense. Uh, like they did on Saturday. What do they score? Nine runs on Saturday. So we're going to see that because we know this team can do that. We're not going to see Yaz hit two home runs because he's not going to. We're not going to see Slater, you know, go four for four because he's not going to. Yeah, you're right. We're not going to see uh, any particular offensive player. We're we're just going to watch baseball, but as the middle fan, uh, and and again, Bags was talking about it in his article. He said, you know, hey, the the, the fan base was there until the end. Uh, yeah. uh, they were rowdy till the end. But you know why? And he didn't mention this as in the article as I'm reading. It, I'm going, well, yeah, because a family of four goes to the ballpark and you're out like five to 600 bucks. <laughs> so you're not going to leave in the seventh inning. You're going to mm-hmm. kind of hang out until the end of the ball game. No matter what's a beautiful sunny Sunday afternoon, yeah. you're going to hang out and then you're going to go get some dinner and make your way home. Um, but the, but the, the, just the regular fan, I, I think they're coming to see the opposing teams. Um, there wasn't a huge draw to see the Reds when the Dodgers come into town. They fill the ballpark. Yeah, those bleachers, man. It's like it's like yeah. the Dodger fans go, "Hey guys, we're just gonna buy out the bleachers." <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they've done that for a few years. And you know, hey, good on them. They're yeah. they're selling tickets. It's a sellout. It's a fun atmosphere. Dodgers come in. All the Dodger fans come in. They can watch their team get swept by the Giants. Exactly. Like they did. Come on in and see it every time. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I I couldn't even tell you. And but but when you look at the minors, and we're going to talk about some minor stuff later. Yeah. When you look at the minors, when an Elliot Ramos comes up, everybody goes, "Ooh, I got to get the ballpark." Ramos yeah. is playing. I I've even heard you say it. I've heard Brian say it. Oh, oh Ramos is coming up this weekend. Maybe we should hop out there to the ballpark yeah. because it's it, you know it's a draw. It's an excitement. What happens when Kyle Harrison comes up? What happens when uh, you know Sean Jelly starts to kind of really come into his own in the majors and and he's making a start. Oh, we got to go see him. He's starting today and he's good. You know he's up to seven or eight innings, uh, six, seven, eight innings. We can see him throw and, and strike out. You know maybe eight or nine guys. Um, yeah, other than that, it, it's kind of like you're just going to the ballpark for the experience. And thank goodness we have the ballpark, the ballpark for the experience, because going to a Giants game at Oracle Park, uh, I've been to a lot of ballparks around the country. Um, not as many as most people, but I, I've been to quite a few. There's nothing like it, man. There, there's nothing like going on a, a on a nice Saturday afternoon, Friday night, whatever it is. You go to the ballpark, you have yourself a good time. You're not going to watch uh, Donnie Walton smack one up the middle to raise his <laughs> average to 193. <laughs> You're not going for that. <laughs> Donnie Walton is sorry to pick on him, but yeah. well, well, look, he he's, I mean, he's, he's, he's filling well. in. He's filling yeah. in a, a spot which they need him to fill in. Now, when yeah. they have the full roster, he's I don't know. I don't remember what his options are like, but he's not going to be uh, on the on the big league team. He, he's a utility guy, right? He's yeah. I'm trying to think of when's the last time we had such a soft hitting guy playing <laughs> a lot, though, because, man, that guy's a soft hitting uh, guy. Mike, Mike Benjamin, maybe I was thinking of I uh, remember when uh, 
the 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 one year gosh this is going back like 15 years maybe now maybe not quite 15 but brian bocock who like oh play above san jose but they needed him just because he could field and i was like oof that was brutal we need to get brian bocock how about joaquin the dream areas you know he had had a little bit of punch but yeah he he, was mostly a defensive guy yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean that that those aren't the guys that you're running to the ballpark and you're like, I gotta get tickets for this weekend against Mike the Reds Fontenot. Yeah, Mike Fontenot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now you're now you're just pulling out the uh, all the all the Southern California long haired blonde guys going yeah. out and uh, you know, hanging out at the beach and then coming to the ballpark and uh you're hitting some soft grounders to third, yeah. rolling over on some curveballs. All right, before we get to our uh good, the bad and the ugly. Uh, let's talk about the player of the week here. Yeah. Because if you look at that player of the week list, there's some good players on that list. And you go, oh, you know, there's three legitimate candidates. Giants was ha- had a good week, but it's almost like nobody else played well except for those three guys. Yeah, you know what? And hitting wise, there were a bunch of carbon copies this week. You know, a lot of guys just kind of had similar similar weeks nothing outrageously fantastic um not terrible um but yeah let, let, let's look at the list we've got um coming in third evan longoria hit 333 this week 435 woba two home runs three ribs six runs score it had a nice fat 13.8 percent walk rate that's that's pretty good um and then jock peterson uh, ended up coming in in second place with 36.4% of the vote, 318 average, 472 Woba, three home runs, three RBI, all solo shots, three runs scored, 12.5%. What about that muscle shot against Jan- uh, Kenley Jansen? Woo! Yeah, that that was nice. Yeah, and yeah, again, what was that, a 7-5 ball game? Yeah. So you knew a solo shot was coming and we were going to lose by one mm-hmm. run. It's just kind of the way things have been going. Totally. Yeah, so 12.5% K rate on the week. The winner this week, Webby, Logan Webb, two starts. He had a two-start week, looked really, really good. Giants just couldn't, you know, Giants offense just couldn't get him the two wins. Ended up going 1-0 with a .69 microscopic ERA of 2.82 FIP. Uh, 13 innings, he had... uh, 9K per nine, 1.38 walks per nine, and he is our player of the week. Look at that smile. (laughs) He's always raring to go and have himself a good time. If uh, Richie Cunningham was a baseball player, (laughs) that's Logan Webb. Yeah, Potsy would just tell him to sit on it, right? (laughs) No, it was sit on it, Potsy. Yeah, they would tell Potsy to sit on it. That's true. Um, Okay, so we're going to get to – there's some fantastic Logan Webb numbers that we're going to get to here in a second. Uh, But before that, let's talk about uh, what we are imbibing for this show. I'll start with mine because I'm I'm a little – off center from from normal yeah and, and and i have a little story to go with this so uh my wife uh gets a lot of headaches uh when, when she drinks so you know we'll, we'll take time away from from you know having some wine or whatever but it, it's sort of inconsistent so sometimes we'll be like oh yeah like feel fine like we can have a glass of wine and um and so we so we've been on a, a nice run. We, we've we've had this. Uh, I think the the wine is, gosh. Now I, I was trying to. I was like, 
Mem- memorize the name. Yeah. Robert Mundavi. Robert uh-huh. Mundavi. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's it's inexpensive. It's not mm-hmm. just like the super crazy price. Um, and and they do a, a a whiskey barrel version as well, which is always great. So sh- we found this little sweet spot of this wine. And uh, I was so so I checked in with her. I was like, so, you know, how are you feeling? You know, how, how's uh, are you OK? No, no headaches. And she's like, nope. I was like, you know, because we can totally we like to check in because it's almost like when you have kids and they want McDonald's every day. And you're like, oh, no, yeah. McDonald's needs to be a treat. It can't be like just <laughs> normal lunch or dinner like then it just yeah. takes away the specialness of, of what mcdonald's is for for kids and so it's, we sort of do the same thing with wine we're like okay you know we don't have to drink we you know we can kind of pull back and make sure that it's special make sure we're not doing too you know drinking a little bit too much and so we like to do that check-in and so she's like no i feel i feel fine and i was like okay like i'm good then you know if we want to you know no kids this week we can watch some tv and have some wine so i was like yeah you know we can we can drink a, a little bit more uh, this week. And so she goes to the store and she kind of comes in through the door and she kind of sneaks, but she's sneaking in a way that she wants me to see that she's sneaking. <laughs> and she turns the thing because we usually just buy wine one bottle at a time, because if we yeah. have like a ton of wine, we're just going to drink a ton of wine. And yeah. so she kind of turns the little thing. She's got the six-pack carrier of Robert <laughs> Mundavi wine. And I was like, well, did we just have this conversation? She's like, yeah, but it was like all on sale. And I'm like, okay, you know, we're going to have to, pass we're going to have to, deal. yeah, can't pass a good deal, but we'll have to be disciplined on our own. Yeah. You know, we can't just go by the rule of, okay, if the wine bottle is out, then we're done. No, we're going to have to be a little bit more disciplined, but drinking wine is so much fun and, especially yeah. if you have a significant other who enjoys it. You can just literally just watch TV, goof around, have wine, and everyone feels fantastic. So Yeah, for sure. With, and my, with my cab of Robert. Look at that, the red, big meaty red on a hot summer day, mm-hmm. although your yours is a little bit cooler down. Yeah, it's only in the low 80s here, so not, not yeah, bad. Yeah, we, we got 97 again. High today was 99. It's just, I mean, I got the AC on. I got the fan. I'm just I'm wearing the light yellow like almost see-through shirt because i'm dying today so yeah so i went i went a couple of ice cubes and our our old friend uncle nearest our old buddy oh, wow. so, i haven't had a nearest in a while yeah so i went for a slug of that we were at uh, the in-laws yesterday and i had a couple of the uh um oh, i can't even remember what they're called now the uh, uh tequila and grapefruit zevia oh yeah yeah um, the, yeah, the, so the, the Paloma, you called it. Palomas, yeah, the the makeshift Palomas with a couple of limes in there. So I had those yesterday, and uh, so I thought today, you know, it's kind of a bourbon day. It's pretty hot. I'm throwing a couple of ice cubes and uh, uh, cool things down. You know, another a good uh, red too. I don't know if you guys have it down there. It's called Pacific Redwood. It's an organic hmm. cab. Um, it's called a North Coast Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, Denise gets that because uh, when she drinks red, she has a, a sulfur sensitivity. Mm. Uh, and there's a lot of sulfites in uh, in red wine making, especially. So she drinks that and doesn't get the red face and oh, wow. stuffiness okay. and everything. And so that's a good one. So so maybe try that. Um, you know, look that one up. Stave off the headaches. But yeah, she really likes that one a lot. So imbibe 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. So now, now you get, see, I, I was so happy with my wine and then I see you with your uncle nearest and I'm like, <laughs> man, I want some, I want some whiskey. Okay. Well, so you know, let, let, there's always a, it's always a reach away when the show's <laughs> over. <laughs> all right. So let's talk about the good, the bad and the ugly. We're not, I'm, I'm not going to just read all the goods and then all the bads and all the uglies. We're going to kind of yeah. mix them up here, but I do have them on a list. I sent Brad the list to get his feedback on it. Okay, so we'll start with the good, and I teased it with the Logan Webb stuff. Logan Webb and Carlos Radon, Radon are all-stars, flat yeah. out. They're all-stars. Yeah. Now, will they make the all-star team? Well, if Jock makes it, then maybe they can't get all three guys on the team. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But last 30 days, so the last month of the season, Webb has six starts, 38 and, a, 38 and a third innings, 28 hits, 10 earned runs, 41 strikeouts, only eight walks, 2.35 ERA, 0.94 whip, um, 9.67 Ks per nine, 1.88 walks per nine. Uh, just fantastic. Just having... You know, because we had sort of talked about this earlier and we were, we were doing the, the game of, of uh, are you worried yet? And we had talked about Logan because he was, you know, he would have a few innings and then boom, give up like three runs and then he'd, he'd yeah. be fine. But he has really turned into uh, a, a number one, you know, and, and the Giants have the luxury and it's unfortunate that they're not doing more with this of having two number ones. Because Carlos Rodon, last 30 days, five starts, 30 innings, so six innings a start. 17 hits he's only given up with wow. 37 strikeouts and also just eight walks, four earned runs, 1.20 ERA in the last month, one or 0.159 batting average against. So if you were to look at those two guys and not know anything else about the Giants, you'd be like, wow, they're starting staff. It's got to be tremendous, right? This is like <laughs> Maddox and, and, and Glavin, you know? Yeah. Uh, but we we just don't have the, the Smoltz and Avery piece of that because after those guys, uh, it, it gets a little bit shaky. Uh, we were talking – I was like – I think last week I was talking, oh, Alex Wood's been consistent. No, I was absolutely 100% wrong. He's been consistently bad. Is, yeah. is what he's been. <laughs> uh, Alex Cobb, he has those uh, flashes, but then he also gives up like these laser beams. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens when, when Junis comes back. But uh, Disco, you know, two starts back, and it he has looked every bit of below average, and you kind of wonder what they think about that three-year contract they signed him to. I'm sure they believe that he's going to get back to whatever they, they feel is, is who he really is. But man, you know what, what they sort of believed the back half of the rotation was going to be. And we've talked about it. It's not about 30 starts, a pitcher. It's about 162 starts for the whole rotation. Uh, and getting through three through five and getting back to web has been really rough for them. 
Yeah. Can I, can we still use the excuse of not much spring training? No, it's June. We can't, it's almost July. So, so really, I think you can, I think, I think you can yeah, to an extent. A little bit. Because Baggerly was talking about uh, Crawford and, and, and Crawford's main takeaway from the difference between this season and last season is the fact that they didn't have prep time. And so right. I don't know what that means. Like these are athletes who condition themselves pretty much all year long. So I don't know exactly what he missed out on, like some of the smaller things that maybe fine tune his skills, but you know, that that's part of it. The, the problem with that excuse though, is like that for every team. Right. Yeah, exactly. It is like that for every team. But I mean, when you look up and down the majors, uh, Giants pitching staff is and again, because of Webb and Rodone, Giants pitching staff is 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 pretty average, above average. I'd say, well, I don't know. I don't want to look at the numbers. I just want to pretend like they're average or above average. <laughs> uh, let's go with that. Um, but, you know, when you look up and down the majors, it's just kind of the way it is right now. Um but yeah, there, I mean, because the other thing too is you look at you look at Cobb, because yeah, I'm looking at the starters here. You look at Cobb, you look at Disclafani. Both of them, I mean, Cobb's got 46 innings pitched. Disclafani's got 19 innings pitched. Jacob Junis has 38 innings pitched. Uh, Giants said at the beginning of the season they're going to need a lot of pitchers to get through the season. Um, but we just don't have anybody right now of those three guys. You know, Junis is hurt. Cobb was hurt. DeSclafani was hurt. We don't have any of those three guys with the consistency, the start after start after start after start, then getting hurt and then saying, okay, you know, I'm going to miss a start and I'm going to come back. Oh, no, they're missing big-time starts. They're missing yeah. a lot of starts. So there's just not that consistency. I mean – I can't even imagine knock on fake. No, that's real wood. Uh, I can't even imagine something happens to Webb or Rodone at this point because the, yeah. the team would be majorly screwed. And that's uh, probably we, why Kapler is pretty conservative with Rodone, right? Yeah. Like he's only yeah, averaged six sure. innings per start. And there have been, you know, look right when he gets to that hundred pitch count, it's like, okay, we're not messing around with this guy. Yeah. This is in Kane, Lincecum, Baumgartner, uh, 50, 50, Jonathan Sanchez, uh, Vogel song, Vogel song. I mean, it's, it's not that it, it, yeah, it, it's, it's two guys. And then let's see what we've got after that. Um, will they come around? I don't know. Let's look at some of the numbers. Di Sclafani, his ground ball percentage is 43.7% right now in his 19 innings. That's pretty low. That's below Junis. Uh, but you know, it's actually above Carlos Rodon. But he's not, uh, you know, not as consistent with the strikeouts, although he is striking out eight per nine. Rodon is striking out, you know, leading the Giants with 11.36 per nine. Who's second on the Giants in strikeouts? That's Alex Cobb at 10.37 per nine. Um, so, you know, the strikeouts are there. The walks are pretty high for Alex Cobb at 2.74 per nine. Um, Alex Wood at 2.66 per nine. Um you know, there, there's really nothing in there that screams, hey, we're going to turn this around and things are going to look really good. Um, 
course, this page locked up on me, but I wanted to look at FIP and I can still actually see it. So you look at Alex Cobb and we've talked about this before because he got tapped around in a couple of starts. Mm-hmm. 5.48 ERA with a 3.21 whip. So he's still controlling things for the most part. Uh, Alex Wood, 5.05 ERA. FIP is 3.61. So it's magnified when you're not pitching well and your defense is wretched. I can say that because it's like dead last in the league. When your defense is is wretched, then then what do you do? I mean, you you you, you put the ball in play and you just pray that somebody's going to make a play on the ball. Uh, and I think that's kind of the, the situation the Giants are in right now because uh, even when they're inducing the ground balls like they're supposed to, that's that's why the Giants signed a lot of these guys. That's what they preach, ground ball, ground ball, ground ball. Keep it on the ground, keep it out of the air, especially when you go to the home run ballparks. Uh, so if you're, not, if you're not making the plays behind the pitcher, then you just start to inflate that ARA. Runs come in to score, but the FIP looks really nice. The FIP always looks really pretty in the end, but it's just, it's just not telling the whole story right now. Yeah. So, you know, what do the giants, what does their pitching staff do very well? They don't walk hitters that they, they force the other team to put the ball in play. You know what else they don't do? They don't give up home runs. They are the second best team in baseball at keeping the ball uh, in the yard for, for, uh, for 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 their uh, their opponents, so they do those things very well, and because of that, I think they're going to mostly stay. You know, they're they're going to stay in games, right? They're not they're they're going to be competitive, even if they're not striking out a ton of guys, which they don't. After Webb and Radone, they don't strike out anybody uh, from the starting staff. Uh, Alex Cobb, when he pitches, but he's he's been sort of inconsistent. I think he will as he pitches more. That will raise it up, but. Wood, DeSclafani, Junis, not big strikeout guys. The one thing, though, because they don't walk people and because they don't give up a lot of home runs, the one thing they did, they do give up are hits, and they are in the bottom 10 in the league when it comes to the opposing team's batting average. So when the other team puts the ball in play and you have terrible defense, bad things happen. So I, I, I would love to hear what they think about that, because uh, if you look at the, the Yerminator who they picked up, <laughs> that is an offensive play. That is not a defensive yes. play, right? So the, it looks like they are staying with what they're doing, but the effects of what they're doing so far has been very, very negative to the pitching staff. Um and I don't know if you can change that mid-season, right? You probably can't. Now, no. one of the ways that you can change that is if you get a starter or a reliever or two who are high strikeout guys. And those guys are going to be yeah. at a premium. So you're going to give up a lot to get those guys. But okay, so let, let's let's look at, we talked about the good and we sort of focused on the bad, which I was going to focus on as well. So we kind of knocked two birds out with one stone. The ugly would have been A, Losing two out of three to the Reds, and B Sunday. What the hell was Sunday's baseball game? That was like well, a high school, yeah. a bad high school baseball team who can't field the ball, and then when they do, they can't throw it, and then they're tracking down balls in the outfield, and then they slip, and they're giving up extra bases left and right. 
And then Brandon Belt throws behind the the reliever covering first base, and it just looks yeah. like the Keystone Cops. <laughs> and you, you know, somebody needed to play music to some of those plays. It was disgusting. Oh. If you know what, if you were to tell, if somebody were to come up to me and say, and I've had this before, yeah, I wear a Giants hat. Hey, how are they doing this season? I would say go watch the highlights from <laughs> Saturday's game. Yes. Then watch the highlights from Sunday's game. That's how the season's going. That's exactly how the season is going. It's sad to say, but it's this team could look like world beaters one day, and the next day they could look like they just stepped off the bus from rookie ball, and they <laughs> walked out onto the field, and they said, oh, we're facing Nolan Ryan and you know whoever else, all the all-stars from the 80s. Okay, let's, uh, let's see what we can do. It, but it's the Cincinnati Reds. So then you're like, oh. It's 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 very frustrating to watch, but to to play off what you were saying earlier, yeah, watch, just just watch the highlights from Sunday's game, and and, and that's all you need to see: bloop hits, uh, ground balls up the middle that should be play. Austin Slater doesn't misplay fly balls, but what does he do with two outs yesterday? misplays a fly ball we have a seven run third inning and the game is just blown open and it's out of reach at that point because also so the giants team could be made for scratching and clawing back and we saw that against the braves on that 9 30 a.m game we saw them go down what was it uh five to one six to one they they scratched and clawed back and lost seven to six the problem is a lot of times when the Giants get down 7 nothing, they're going to give up three or four more runs. So how many runs can your offense score and stay ahead of your defense that's going to botch a ground ball or botch a double play or not get to a bloop hit that should have been caught by an infielder? It's just, you know, it, it, it's hard to watch right now. And where do you point the finger? Do you point it at, at Zadie? It, it's hard to because he built a team that won 107 games last year. So you kind of have to you, you kind of have to believe in what he's doing. But sometimes in a science experiment, you throw together a formula and you go, "Well, that's not the same as it was <laughs> yesterday." So we kind of have to, you know, tweak this, tweak this, tweak this. Um, but yeah, I mean that that kind of comes into play with the whole. Here comes the trade deadline. Uh, is this team a buyer team or is this team a seller team right now? I, I would say it's a stand pat team and, uh, eat your contracts. Cause you, you, you trade Disclafani who's well, a, who's going to want him, nobody. And, and who's going to want that contract. But if you do, you're going to get nothing in return. And then who's replacing them. So you're not a seller. You're, you're certainly not a seller with some no. of the contracts that they have. So I think they're a buyer. And I think they owe it to themselves to, you know, they, they've been patient, right? They, that That right. is kind of their game is they just sort of wait and see what happens and then they jump on opportunities. I don't think they're going to make a Chris Bryant trade, you know, the, no. the, even, even though they could, realistically they could, though we'll talk about the minors sure. in a second, the minor league. I don't think the minor league, System is is seen as uh, as it was last year, just because some of the top prospects aren't doing as well. But there are opportunities for these relievers who 
you know, I, it just doesn't seem like it's a Zadie move or uh, Matthew on Giant Cocktails podcast. He pronounced it so much better than I do. Zaidi. I just want to say Zaidi yeah. just because that's how it looks <laughs> yeah. like how it's supposed to say Zaidi. Yeah. Um, you know, he's not going to buy the or trade for the, the tippy top arm that's going to cost him a top guy. It's just not what they do. But he could find, I'm sure he could find a fringe guy. And I imagine that's what they're looking for, right? Because, and, and we'll get to this in a second, but you can't tell me that Jake McGee and Rogers are seven and eight guys anymore. I just don't no. buy it. I don't buy that they are seven and eight inning guys anymore. No, and that's and, 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 yeah. and that's part of the bad. Uh, you know, going back to the good, the bad, and the ugly, that is in my bad scenario, which is these guys who worked fantastically for you last year, they're not working fantastically for you this year, and we have three months of data now to say that. Though, if you look at the last thirty days, Trevor uh, uh, Rogers is not uh, Tyler Rogers is um, stats are not horrible. No, there he's just he's just giving up. You know hits big hits in the worst times if you look at Duvall Duvall's the one whose numbers actually look a, a little worse than, than Rogers but when you watch it you wouldn't think so um, but I'm not convinced that he's the ninth inning guy right like it seems so much better for the team that he actually throws the eighth inning and then you have somebody like a a, a Jensen or how is is Kimbrel dealing for the Dodgers I don't even know but I just feel like when you yeah, have he started a guy out hot but it's kind of cooled off but you know whoever that whoever that closer is I still feel better with Duvall as an eight guy and have him you know maybe maybe in three two or three years he's the man in the ninth but I don't know the, the that that back end of the bullpen who can finish out games is is not I'm not confident in those guys right now yeah, and you've got a guy like Will Bednar, or not Will Bednar, but Bednar's brother, um, David. Uh, I can never David Bednar, uh, out in Pittsburgh. He's going to be the hot commodity because the guy throws a hundred. He's mowing down. I mean, what what does he get? Like eight save opportunities with the Pirates. Yeah. But you know, he, he's going to end up a closer for some team. Yeah. Or you, you're going to get the rich getting richer, and you're going to get somebody like the Braves to grab him as their sixth inning guy. And yeah, you know, it's yeah. kind of a waste of that. But the Giants could use a guy like that. Yeah. You know, lengthen that bullpen. They've got Kerbin Castro still in triple A. He's another guy. Do we start to take a look at him? Um, and and I think that, like you were saying earlier, too, we don't get that news like we get on Monday. And it's because we don't have a game today. So probably that, that's so that's we'll get why. it tomorrow. Yeah, we'll get it. Tomorrow. So tomorrow we're going to get a lot of info. And guess what? Let me stop me if you've heard this before. There's a bad team coming into town. And what does that mean anymore? I mean, the Tigers are, you know, the Tigers are coming into town after the Reds. We're looking at, oh, cool, we're going to go six and zero. No, we're not. It's, you know, the Giants are going to keep playing Giants baseball right now, which is not the greatest band of brand of baseball at at the moment. Um, but uh, so, so tomorrow before the game, are we going to get this big, you know, this big list of? you know, Sammy Long sent down or this and that and this and that. And then we bring up Kervin Castro and, uh, you know, so-and-so and all these other guys start coming up. Um, you, you know, are we going to see a bullpen shift? No, that's not what this team does. So we, we are with these guys for right now, but for how long? Um, how much longer do you think Kapler can sit there and go, I'm going to, I'm going to run Jake McGee out there again. Yeah. Um, you know, but again, a blip on the radar because he came back from the, from the, 
phantom injury, um, you know, where he pitched in triple A and was throwing lights out 95, 96 on the gun uh, and looked really good. And then he came in in a three, one ball game. And, and I, I know you said like, who, who, who was excited about that? And, and I was, <laughs> like, I was, I was actually kind of excited. I was like, Oh, he's going to come in and he's going to you know show the old Jake McGee. We're going to get, and then it just snowballed. And I was like, Oh my God, this is not happening. Um, so yeah, it's it's just, it's been a frustrating, frustrating couple of weeks, and usually we're super positive podcast, but right now I'm like, <laughs> I don't know where's the positivity. I mean, because here here I am, you know, bashing our team when the when the Tigers are coming into town. So, oof. <laughs> um, so an, l- let's add another good here because uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's still some good stuff happening. Jock Peterson. He has been a very good player for the Giants this year. Mm-hmm. Now, so, so there's some streakiness going on, right? He he, he can be very streaky at, at some points. He can go on a barrage of, you know, hitting just, you know, these mammoth home run shots. And then, you know, he goes and strikes out and then they bench him against lefties. And that yeah. that's going to happen. You know, we're going to we'll, we'll we'll deal with that throughout the uh, the entire season with him. But overall, this guy is he's he's just been uh, the kick in the butt that they have they have needed offensively. Like imagine where they are without him offensively. And this is a guy who they signed uh you know at, at, you know later in in the in this in the spring training or I guess lack of spring training or whatever before the season started he was a, a late guy right because they're chasing Suzuki they're chasing some of these other guys and Peterson's kind of the guy that they were just like okay like he, he he's he's gonna do some good stuff for us but he wasn't our top top player that we really wanted and yeah. man where would they be without this guy he's got 17 jacks now to your point about a lot of these are solo shots and that is not his fault as much as the people right. in front of him. Sure. 39 RBI hitting 273, getting on base at a 35% clip, 580 slugging, you know, 924 ops. Wow. What what a what a get for them considering you know what what his price was. So good get I I I I think What's interesting about that is he's the kind of player that they already have, which is, you know, we've, we've joked about this, like all the DHs that they have on the team. Yet he has been able to kind of stand out because of his offensive explosion. You can go, okay, you know, maybe he's not great defensively. Maybe we got to take him out and put in some defenders late in the game. Maybe against certain lefties he can't hit. But the overall production just is like, yeah, but he makes up for it because he's just killing the baseball uh, where where some of these other guys aren't. And, and we'll bring up those other guys here in a little bit. But I, I'm just 100% for Jock Peterson. He's been a positive. He seems like he like he's a very likable guy. He's been a good giant so far. He's pretty smart with the media. I, I've become a big fan of his when 
you know, of course, when he was a dirty Dodger, I didn't like him at all. <laughs> no, nobody did. No, we weren't <laughs> allowed to. And even when he went to Atlanta with the pearls and stuff, I was like, ah, I hate that guy. Well, yeah, because yeah. he just came from the Dodgers <laughs> and went to the Cubs and then, you know, hate the Dodgers, hate the Cubs, hate the Braves. So uh, what do you do? But yeah, I mean, it, it, talk about, yeah, super big time bright spot. Um, I love his swings. Love to watch him hit. Uh, cringe when he's playing left field. Uh, fantastic on what was that Saturday? He made that play up against the wall uh, that Tommy Pham hit the ball all the way out to left field, up against the wall, and uh, and Jock Peterson makes the play. But it was it was like routine play for anybody else. But it was like you know dancing on roller skates for Jock Peterson out there in left field. Um, but quick quick side note. Uh, uh, I was just thinking, as you mentioned DHs again, um, let, let me know if any of this sounds like a, a bygone era, a forgotten era of baseball, but where is the giants? And, and again, these are rhetorical questions because it, they don't, just don't exist anymore, but where's the giants leadoff hitter who can steal 40 bases uh, <laughs> and, and hit three ten uh, with two home runs on the season and play a phenomenal center field or second base. Where's the giants number two hitter who makes contact and doesn't strike out. Uh, where's the giants number three hitter who is your best hitter on the team hits for average hits for power. Where's your, where's the giants number four hitter who blasts the ball into McCovey cove uh you know once a game they don't exist anymore that's just not baseball in 2022 um because i i still think about what what if a team put that together you know what i mean team put that together nowadays could could it survive could the team survive yeah they'd probably win a lot of ball games i'm sure um you know all of a sudden they 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 turn everybody they spend the whole game on its head by going is this 1986? What's going on out here? I'm not understanding this brand of baseball. I'm not understanding uh, guys who don't care about launch angles. But anyway, <laughs> it's a tangent side note. So, <laughs> okay, uh, let's go another bad. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about the defense already, kind of earlier. So we we don't have to double down there. Uh, baby Yaz. Mm-hmm. Now his last thirty games, you know, I'm just looking. I, I like just slicing it up. Uh, could have done fifteen, could have done seven. MLB lets you slice the data up by that. Yeah, but I just looked thirty. Baby Yaz, in his last thirty games, or last thirty days. Sorry, ninety five at bats, thirty six strikeouts. He is he is almost doubling the next highest guy, which would be Jock. Uh, Jock and actually Luis Gonzalez. On top of that, he's hitting 168 in the wow. last 30 days. And if you watch it, I don't think I saw that. Like I, I see the home runs. I see because uh, he's got four of those. Uh, he, he tries his butt off. He's very dependable outfielder. And that's why you can't take him out of the lineup, right? That that's the reason because the the rest of the defense is so bad that if you take Yaz out of the lineup, you're asking for trouble at that point. So 
I don't know what that means because, you know, we were trying to tell tell Brian because he was asking us. He was like, <laughs> when was Mike Yastrzemski good? And we were like, uh, 2020 bubble season. He was really good. And last fantastic. year, last year, not not as great, but not, you know, he's still having an okay year. He's hitting, you know, 245 on, on the season. So not like the worst player in the league or anything, but. I think we just expected him because this is kind of how it works, right? You, and he's been, he's been somebody who's just a grinder. He has, yeah. his, you know, he's played the mind for so long, finally got a spot with, with that, that bubble season giants and really played well. But what happens is, is that now teams plan around you when when you're a good player and so they planned around him last year they were looking for his inadequacies found a lot of them and they're like okay and then what you expect is is if he's a good player if he's or maybe even better than good he looks at those things that they adjusted to and he improves on those adjustments that's the piece that hasn't happened yet at least at least as far as i can tell maybe you know maybe to some degree it has it's just not showing up but that is something that I think we expected to happen. And because it hasn't, because of the value that Kapler and Zadie have with him, because he still hits fairly high in the order. And I think he, you know, he needs a, a big second half or, you know, maybe the 2020 year was a little bit of a fluke and, and it's not who he really was. And, and we'll have to wait and see. And I'm rooting for the guy because I think the guy's oh, yeah. really good story. Obviously, he's got the lineage with the family. He's been easy, easy to root for when you watch him play because I think he plays baseball uh, in, in a way that, uh, you know, we, we would say us old school guys would say he plays the right way. Right. He, he, yeah. he, you know, he does he does some things really well. I just want to see the guy hit. And he's 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 struggling hitting, and and that's what you get paid to do in baseball is hit. Well, it could be you and I know this. We're dads. It could be he had a new baby in the off season, oh, so he's just not sleeping. No, I know. I'm sure. I'm sure they've got people for that. You know, to get up in the middle of the night, mom gets up, and and they probably have somebody to to keep Yaz to keep his sleep going because you know in his job he's he's making quite a bit of money, so they want to keep him well rested. But um, I don't know. I was just looking at you know what is it spot track, which we we love to look at. He's mm-hmm. making three point seven this year. He'll be 32 next year and his first season of arbitration eligibility. Uh, do you do you start to look around the all-star break of this year to say, can we can we cut ties with him? Can we trade him somewhere um, to a team that says, we'll take three years of arbitration eligibility from Yastrzemski. Cause I mean, from a 3.7 million this year, he'll probably bump up to five or six next year. So it's going to be a low salary. It's not going to be huge. Um, Lamont Wade juniors coming back, hopefully healthy. And, and by the way, he's got to come back before Saturday because Saturday is Lamont Wade Jr. bobblehead. Oh, there we go. So he's got to get back before Saturday. So that might be one of the roster moves we get tomorrow, him coming up, you know, somebody moving down or whatever. Um, But, yeah, I I hate to say it because, like we talk about all the time, we love the guy. Uh, Great defensive right fielder. Um, 
But when you're not hitting and you've built a team to hit and not necessarily be a defensive team, that can be troublesome. But, but like I said, you can't take him out of the lineup right now because he's one of the only ones making plays out there. So it's, it's tricky. It's tough to watch. I'll tell you that because he did get hot. There was a, there was a stretch before this ugly stretch um, where he, where he was starting to heat up. We go, Oh, here he comes. Here he comes. All right. He's starting to hit, but it just kind of disappeared again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's end it with a good one. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll we'll go good. And, And some people may think like, ah, you know, we're not in here for, for, you know, it's all about wins and losses. Who cares about anything else? Yeah. I will say the Atlanta Braves are a really good baseball team. They are. And if you take if you if you if you sort of pull back and you look at the big picture of what that series was, the Giants were playing with them. They were going toe to toe with these guys and unfortunately uh you know they they just were able to pull games out that the Giants weren't. Some of this is that they did it at home. Some of this is that they're just really hot. I, I, I wanted to to see them go in. Uh, you know, the Dodgers came in right after the Giants. I wanted to see them just, you know, rip off three in a row. The Dodgers are good too, so they took two out of three. Yeah. But, you know, the Braves started kind of poorly when the season started, maybe a little bit of championship hangover. But since then, they've been awesome. In every single game in that series... I was like, oh, we're right there. But it's those little things, right? It's the, they have a little bit better uh, of, of, a, of a, you know, last couple relievers in the bullpen. They have a Kenley, a Kenley Jansen, and we don't, right? Right. That, 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 that's, that's just the, the whole thing of it. Uh, they have some guys who were going up there and were pretty confident that, that they were going to get the big hit. And we just don't have those guys. You know, especially right now, we don't have those guys. You're just like, oh, let's just wait until the order turns over because our guys are going to come up and they're going to get knocks. Luis Gonzalez also hurt. He's got the old man injury of of the back thing. He's only 26, though. He shouldn't be having these old man injuries like we talked about. No, not at all. But, you know, who is is in this lineup where you're like, ah, we're going to win this game. X is coming up. There's nobody. There's no Jock is is the one hitter who I think the other team is afraid of. And other than that, they can pitch to anybody. I, I truly believe that that's how those teams feel. Yeah, you're right. I, I mean that that that's pretty much it because you're not gonna you're not gonna well, we got to pitch to Jock Peterson because Crawford's up next. Well, that's, I mean, and Crawford's hurt right now. But <laughs> yeah. but but before that, it was like, you know, Crawford's just off to a very, very slow. Yeah. Can you even call it a start anymore? Again, we're almost in July. We're, we're heading towards the all-star break. Yep. And, uh, you know, he's still struggling. Uh, lots of injuries, though. And, and again, this team is starting to show its age. Yep. With, you know, Belt, Longoria, Crawford, that's three quarters of your infield, and mm-hmm. they are definitely starting to show their age. We should have kept Solano, right? Because then we'd have the over thirty-five club here <laughs> pretty, pretty soon, right? Yeah, All infield he, over thirty-five club. He was he was back in town this last weekend. Yeah, he had a he had a knock and an RBI yesterday. So, uh, but yeah, it's uh, yeah you could you could play tough if you could play tough with the good teams. 
you also have to beat the crappy teams. And, and, you know, so they played, they hung tough in Atlanta, you know, not ideal weather. It was hot and muggy and and they played tough and and they could have walked out of there split 2-2, but, you know, Mac Cheese just wasn't doing his thing. Um, And then you come home and get, smoked two out of three by the reds and they were and wearing fam got, shirts i know man and they came in but, and you they, know they ate our lunch when you sent that to me too the picture of them wearing the fam shirts like i love this stuff it's yeah. you know i actually it's, thought it's those shirts fun. were cool they were pretty neat i yeah. liked them if i and didn't then, hate fam as much as i do i'd get them <laughs> so uh uh the the c the the c the nbc bay area crew of uh, young Kuiper, Cole Kuiper, uh, my friend Carmen Q, and I forget the other woman's name who hosts the show, but they wore Tommy Fam is bad at fantasy football shirts, yeah, <laughs> which would have been better if the Giants would have won two out of three, but unfortunately they didn't work. Because right, they're the they're, they're the Sunday post game, right? Yeah. Is that what they yeah. do? The Sunday yeah. pregame and post game, yeah, yeah. So it would have, you know, if the Giants would have taken two out of three or swept them, it would have been like, oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. it was like, well, that's. A nice kind of <laughs> it was fun. They were, they the were trying. They were very sure. much trying. All right. Uh I know <laughs> we we were supposed to end uh, on a good and we kind of took it. We're we're cynical. Yeah, we're so cynical, but oh well. Yeah. But let's move on. Last segment of Tough of Week. Show. Tough week. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna talk about the two guys each that we are following fairly closely in the minors. I'm gonna read some of what Roger Munter has said about both guys as well. Cool. Why don't you lead with your two guys? You have Kyle Harrison, who's like really the dandy of the farm system these days, and you also have someone who is hoping to be a dandy once again in Hunter Bishop. But uh, let's yeah. talk about where your guys are at. Yeah, so uh, Kyle Harrison. Let me let me pull up the numbers here again. Um, he he got promoted to Double A Richmond. Kind of a little bit of a slow start there. Uh, had a couple of tough outings. Uh, Keith Law did a little write up on him in the Athletic, um, and it seems like he's he's settled down a little bit in Double A. His last three starts, he's uh, thrown eighteen innings, twenty eight strikeouts. Again, I mean just. Just gaudy numbers when it comes to strikeouts for Kyle Harrison so far. Um, 28 strikeouts in 18 innings, eight walks, three earned runs, two of those off of solo home runs in his start yesterday, uh, which which he threw, oh gosh, I think it was about seven innings and struck out 11 yesterday in, in his start. Uh, but Keith Law was writing in his start yesterday, uh, he had riding life on his 92 to 94 mile an hour fastball. So that's always good to see if you're throwing 92 and 94 and it's moving, you could be very, very nasty. We saw that with, um, with Matt Kane back in the day that any kind of movement on your fastball and you're just going to be kind of lights out slider was at 80, 82 with some curveball depth to it. And he said that was just gnarly. There were a couple of, uh, um, Twitter videos of his of his slider dropping in there. I could have sworn it was a curveball the way it, it dropped off the table. Um, so if he can keep that up, then good on him. His changeup was 84, uh, and that was inconsistent. So Kyle Harrison looking every bit the top prospect, one of the top prospects for the Giants uh, in Double A right now. Um, do you worry? Because this is a velo league, right? Mm-hmm. When you see 92 to 94, 
And we saw this with Bumgarner, but Bumgarner was like closer to like 95 to 97. And by the time he really became Bumgarner, he was sitting low 90s. Harrison's a young kid, so I don't expect the the velocity to dip or anything. But sometimes what happens is, is as these pitchers gain more and more and more innings, they lose some of that. If he loses any more, we're talking about high 80s. I, I kind of worry about that a little bit. Yeah, I'm not too worried about it because I think he actually put on a mile an hour or two once they drafted him. Um, so I think he's still probably a work in progress. You might actually see that go up a little bit. Um, you know, once once he gets because Richmond, you've got some some warmer weather. Mm-hmm. Um, you got some humidity. Uh, when, once he gets over to the Pacific Northwest, uh, or, or sorry, over to uh, Sacramento. Um, you've got low humidity and then, uh, uh, San Francisco, you got some upper humidity again. I think he can still sit around 93, 94 and stay there for quite a while. It's, it's, it's the breaking stuff. And, and again, as long as that, uh, let's say he drops to 90, 92, 89, 91, uh, as long as it's moving, I'm not too worried about it, especially if he's, if he's leaning on some of the breaking ball stuff, um, no, I think, I, you know, I, I I don't really see that drop. I'm not an expert when it comes to that type of stuff, but uh, but I do know that he added a, a mile an hour or two once they drafted him. So so that's always a good sign. All right. What about Bishop? So Hunter Bishop really kind of been turning things around. Uh, he is in uh, 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 Eugene. I was playing for the Eugene Emeralds. I'll pull up his numbers real quick. Um, I, I like his... Uh, I like his splits here because I'm going to pull up April, May, and June. Remember, just his April was so, so rough. He started out hitting 145. His OPS was 472 in April. Uh, 21 strikeouts and 55 at-bats. St- started to kind of turn things a little a, a little around in May. Uh, had a 238 average in May, a 703 OPS. Um Two home runs, 36 strikeouts, and 80 at-bats. And then in June, uh, he's been working with the roving hitting instructors. Um, In June, 279, 927 OPS so far in June in in 23 games. 86 at-bats. Strikeouts are still there, but again... You know, Major League Baseball nowadays is a strikeout league. You are going to yeah. strike out. So 28 strikeouts and 86 at-bats, but five home runs, 18 runs driven in. His walks are way up, too. He's gone from five in April to nine in May and then 11 in June, and that OPS up to 927. So really starting to kind of turn things around. Do do I see him hopping to double A anytime soon? Probably not because of all the time that he's missed over the last couple of seasons. Um uh, uh, what what is he? Twenty four now. I think we let's see. He was born in ninety eight. Just turned twenty four years old. Um, so he could finish out this season in in, in Eugene, and then uh, you know get a little double A, triple A bump next season. Play some double A ball, and and then hop up to triple A. Um, that that's probably doable. We may see him around 26 years old, uh, a late bloomer, a, a Yastrzemski late bloomer, but but only because of the injuries and only because of COVID and the season wiped out and everything. So I, I wonder if obviously his trade value these days is pretty low. Yeah, but I wonder if he's doing enough for other teams to look at him, going like, okay, like 
he's possibly getting back to the guy that we thought he he could have been. Um, that would be helpful because, you know, if the Giants are going to be good, they, they may have to trade somebody. So if he is seen, again, you know, again as a possible prospect with high upside, that, that could help, especially when it comes to, uh, you know, who, who people are, who are wanting from the Giants. And I think if you ask them, they probably think, yeah, like Hunter Bishop, great. Like we, we, we could trade him because he doesn't fit in these plans that we set for him anymore, or at least at this point. But, you know, I, I'm pulling for the guy because you always want to see a high draft pick do well because it's oh, yeah. both, not only for the team, but for the guy. Like imagine the pressure of being a high draft pick and things just not going well. You want to see those stories, you know, the, the all the hard work pay off. So I always root for guys like Hunter. Uh, so Roger, oh, yeah. Roger said that uh, or when, when the season started, so we're talking about Roger Munter, who has a uh, sub stack. There are giants and rogermunter.substack.com. Uh, I've subscribed to him a lot you know, mostly for this podcast because we're talking about this stuff, but his hope for Bishop or Bishop in in the beginning of the season was just fewer strikeouts. And he wrote that, you know, he's, he's more comfortable in the box and the results are starting to come, but strikeouts are just going to be part of his game. And he thinks low averages will too, but there's a difference between strikeouts being a part of the game and strikeouts being the game like it was with, with Joey Bart. So that's kind of something to keep an eye on with him is, you know, those those Rob Deere-like strikeout numbers. That's a callback to 1984. <laughs> Thomas Gorman. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, so, you know, that's something to think about for him. Okay, so the two guys that I'm following, uh, Will Bednar, who was their uh, 2021 top pick. He pitched in uh, – he's been pitching in San Jose – I got to see him last year. So if you kind of look at his overall numbers, you're probably, you know, the back of the baseball card numbers, as we say, you're probably a little disappointed. But if you kind of dig in a little bit more closely, there there definitely seems like something of a guy who is trying to figure out, you know, sort of that next level. Now his 4.19 ERA, not great, but yeah. his 43 innings pitched and only 25 hits looks absolutely fantastic. Then seven home runs in 43 innings doesn't look great, and yeah. neither does 22 walks. The 51 strikeouts looks fantastic. So there's a bit of like a inconsistency with him. And... I think the worry, and, and I'm going to read from, from Roger again, and Roger's been pretty consistent with this. The worry is that he is looking more and more like a reliever than he is like a top rotation guy. And and those first-round draft picks, those are rotation guys, right? You, you don't draft yeah, sure. Bednar to be a closer or to be an eighth inning reliever. You draft him to be one of your starters of the future. So that's kind of something to look for with him. It's also kind of interesting that they've kept him at single A because I thought earlier this season, like, man, I'm going to have to go watch the San Jose Giants very early if I want to see Bednar pitch because he's going to be up in in, uh, Eugene like in no time. Nope. Yeah, He's still in San Jose. So uh, a little, little, 
you know, I, I don't know if there's anything to worry about, but if, if he is being looked at in that way, yeah, you know, I'm sure the Giants are like, hey, you know, this is going to be one of our aces, not, you know, our, our eighth inning guy. But he could still be very valuable to the club, even if he turns out to be a reliever. Because like, like we just said, you know, we could use one of those guys to pair up with Duvall as uh, some shutdown innings there. Okay, yeah. and uh, of course, I had the easiest one with uh, Marco <laughs> Luciano, who's their top prospect. Now, he's been injured of late, so mm-hmm. he hasn't played that much, and I don't think he's probably going to play for at least another week, but he is in you know, the, the high-level A, and he is hitting 288 with eight jacks in 164, 146 uh, ABs, getting on base, hitting for power, everything is looking a-okay. And there was a little bit of a worry because when uh, when he – and this is – so this is just um, – yeah, this is just Eugene. So so when he was like uh, – the, 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 a little bit of a worry was when he went up last year after killing it in San Jose – you know, Eugene wasn't fantastic for him and he struggled a little bit. He only hit 217 in, in about the same amount of plate appearances and, and at bats as he has now. Uh, so he's made he's made those adjustments and he's played well. And then, you know, I think I would I would imagine that at some point he does get to Richmond, maybe when he's a little bit more healthy, and then he'll have to make that adjustment again because he is still young, he is only 20 years old, he is their top prospect, he is their ace. They think he's going to be, you know, in, in probably in two years, somebody who 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 makes a big league club. So, uh, someone who we should definitely keep an eye on. And for you fans, you know, if you're thinking about, you know, are there any baseball cards of some of these younger guys? Go get yourself some Luciano cards. Yeah, for sure, and 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 that's always good to see too. When you see Luciano now putting up the numbers at Eugene that he put up at San Jose last year. Natural progression. Uh, love to see it. This guy is still. I mean, there's there there are no signs that point to the fact that he's not going to be a star uh, in, in the majors. So that's very exciting to see. Um, so so Giants fans, when, when when you're watching this current team, you're going, oh man, our guys are so old. <laughs> We're here to help you out. <laughs> We're here along with with Roger and Keith Law to look at all this stuff and say it's going to be okay. Here, here's our guys that might come up and and take its place. And like you said about Hunter Bishop too. Uh, so Farhan should be well, he should be picking up the phone and calling Pittsburgh right now, right? And yeah. say Bednar, uh, you know we've got Bishop. Uh, you know, somebody's going to like him at some point. So, so you're right. That's, that's good trade bait. I, I hate to talk about guys as trade bait, but it, it, you know, that's cause especially guys that we like and we want to yeah. see them be successful. We don't want to see him go to Pittsburgh like Brian Reynolds and then yeah. become like a, a really good baseball player. And then we're like, Hmm, hey, we, you know, want him back. It wouldn't be bad. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't be a bad thing to bring Brian Reynolds back. Bring yeah, him home. Come on, yeah, Zaidi. Exactly. Bring him home. Uh, all right. So, uh, <laughs> We don't do this enough, but I just wanted to quickly mention and and look, shout out to Roger. Go check out his Substack. Absolutely, uh, we have an interview that we did with him that is in our YouTube feed. So if you want to check that out, uh, BSPN Shows is is the YouTube channel to search for BSPN Shows. So um, that's the YouTube channel. 
as as you can see, just search for BSPN Bay Area Sports Podcasting Network. That'll that'll be the easiest way to find it. And you'll see we have a playlist of giant stuff. We we have two other podcasts, so there will be playlists of those shows as well. But to find the giant stuff, you can find our interview with Roger. Also for podcasts, uh, so we have a podcast feed of the BSPN uh, Sports Podcasting Network. If you can. If you can subscribe, that's great for us. Uh, if you can rate us five stars in, in Apple, that's even better. Uh, we can, you know, I, I don't understand that that algorithm that well, but as you can imagine, there are so many, so many podcasts. I will oh, yeah. say there's probably thousands and thousands of podcasts that start every day. And there are thousands and thousands and thousands of podcasts that only do like one or two episodes. We've been going strong for 108 episodes, which tells you wow. that you don't have to worry about us uh, cutting out anytime soon, you know, unless, you know, Brad just is like, I'm re- I'm retiring. I, no, I won no. the lotto. No, Life no. is good. That's you know, what? if I retire, if I retire, if I win the lotto and I retire, we're, we're, we're going to do two shows. <laughs> I'm going to have time. So much I'm free time. time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so much free time. <laughs> um, and then again, always, you can find us at Thompson to Clark on Twitter, BSPN shows on Instagram as well. Um, I've been a little lackadaisical on the Instagram stuff just because it's it takes a little bit of, of work to get that stuff yeah. up there. But, you we're know, trying. As, we're trying. It's, it's, a, it's a journey. It's a, it's a marathon. Yeah. It's a long thing for us. So we're, we're going to be here for yeah. a little while. Okay. Uh, but uh, we're also going to have some time off in the in the next month. So in July, I'm going to be out for two weeks. I know Brad's going to be out for a week. We'll try to do as many shows as we can. We may have to go dark one week, but uh, just a, a early heads up because you know we both got families and we got stuff going on. But we are going to try as much to make sure that we don't. I, I don't have we ever missed. I don't think we've ever missed a week. So. Well, we're you know we've been pretty good yeah, about that. Remember. Maybe we, we may have missed you know we may have gone like ten days between shows, yeah. but we'll, I'll, I'll be we'll up at Lake Tahoe. Uh, maybe when I'm up at Lake Tahoe for my vacation, I'll do it from a dock. Mm. I'll just I'll just sit on a dock and you can see the lake behind <laughs> me, the blue lake, the That'll mountains awesome. still still snow on it, and the kids jumping off the dock into the water. We'll do that. <laughs> maybe I'll have I'll I'll be on my fourth beer by the time. There you go. So. There you go. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But it uh, yeah. you know we're we're gonna be here. All summer, I think the team's going to compete. We may even have, you know, the playoffs is a different animal altogether. So we'll be around. But anyways, just want to throw those things just to, you know, we we don't mention them as many times as we probably should to get people to make sure they're following all of our socials and everything. And then, you know, Facebook, we also have the Thompson to Clark Facebook group. Check those, check all those places out. All right. For Brad, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace. Out. Peace.